I'm legally blind. This is the most successful podcast to come out of Monkey County, Oklahoma. You are now tuned in to the Hat Trick Podcast with your host, Drew D. Brain Branson. I will podcast for straight booze. And Dustin D. Crab Crabtree. You can't crack the crab. And Michael D.M. Paul. <laughs> Magic fingers of Crabtree. Fuck yeah. You can fix computers and make mustard gas. <laughs> <laughs> Please note, he does not actually make mustard gas. Point Michael. <laughs> Point Michael. <laughs> we were just talking about ammonium bleach earlier. <laughs> Drew's trying to get me on the fucking watch list. Michael's <laughs> over here. I think that... Get over here. <laughs> I think we're on the watch list at this point. <laughs> Sorry. You've seen all the shit we've had to look up? <laughs> yeah. True that. So, like, I don't... I don't know if there is a, I mean, I'm sure like your people at at and I'm sure they do see what you look at, mm-hmm. like what you search for. So like, it's just <laughs> Ted Bundy, <laughs> John Wayne Gacy. <laughs> what do all these men have in common? Jeffrey Dahmer crime scene photos. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then I walk in, they're just like, hi, how can we help you? <laughs> just like a oh, depraved it's, life. It's him. But you know. Whatever. Not here to kill you. I just want a new phone. (laughs) I need a new phone with, um, you know, incognito mode, just (laughs) on all the time, please. No, um, incognito mode. It, um, your cell phone carrier can still see what you're. Yeah. 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 It just doesn't save to your like history, like cookies and stuff on your browser. Oh really? Yeah. It does for them apparently. I have. I seen it one day and I was like, what the fuck is incognito mode? And uh, I was like, I probably shouldn't even use that because it just looks suspicious. <laughs> I have used it, well, because like you still have to clear the history from incognito mode, but it's just like if you look at your regular history, it's not there. But see, my I use Chrome, so like my browser's on my phone and my computer at work. So whenever I use Chrome to look up certain stuff for the show, I do incognito. That way, when I search stuff at work, it's not like showing up on their Wi-Fi. Well, it's, it was not going to show up on their Wi-Fi, but like if someone comes over, like, hey. I need you to look up this particular sink that we're going to spec. Like, if I put in a C, it's not going to say, like, Charles Manson. Like, it's not going to be, like, oh, you yeah. were looking this up, you know. Cunt's gone wild. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that way it doesn't just, like, automatically populate my gotcha. stuff is the main reason I use it. Wait. And I don't do it all the time. It just depends on what we're looking up. Crusty Granny's gone wild. <laughs> oh, I don't incognito that at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so this is going to be part one of a two, maybe three parter. Yeah, we're trying we'll for two, but let's we'll make see it a one parter. We'll see. We'll see. Well, I can't do this in one because <laughs> this ain't day. even the whole thing. <laughs> it this can is, be. This is about half of the story in our hands. Yeah. So, and, yeah, we're looking at maybe, maybe three, hopefully two. Yeah, uh, this will be episode fifty, right? Yep, this is episode five zero and a half. Too much money, <laughs> and, <laughs> and because it bugs Dustin when our numbering scheme gets messed up, the next episode will be fifty one. Thanks, <laughs> but they're gonna still get twenty five episodes next season, so our season finale will be at like seventy six. 
Yeah. Um, like all the bonus episodes we've put out. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're we've probably like got like what fifty four. Around 55. there, probably. Yeah, because we did like three Halloween episodes. Basketball extravaganza. Yeah, we did that one, and we did our tattoo. We were supposed to do another vacation one. one. So we'll do the basketball one after we finish Ted Bundy. Yeah. A little deep in the playoffs. Yeah. But maybe we can get Tony to come out for that one. Uh, <laughs> you know, he acted all pissy when he found out we had one that he wasn't invited to. He's like, "Where was I?" And I was like, "You won't come." <laughs> Matt was there. <laughs> Matt's always there. Yeah. But, yes, Mr. Bundy, y'all have known it's been coming. We've been wanting to cover Ted Bundy. I haven't been as, as excited about this one. Really? And this is probably probably one of the biggest ones that we, that, well, no, this probably <coughs> is the biggest one that we've that we've done next to Dahmer. But, I mean, yeah. Ted Bundy never caught my attention. I used to be that way, too. But when I was, like, looking stuff up, I kind of changed my mind because I was, like, when I think of just like a chaotic serial killer, I think of like Richard Ramirez. Like he would just walk around and just do whatever. But like he was creepy. Like if you saw him, you didn't want to go near him. And like this guy was doing like the same shit. But he was normal. But he like on the surface looks normal to an extent at least. I mean we'll get into it. Till but... he's, til he's walking around on crutches trying to get you to help him load, unload his sailboat. Because <laughs> what do you do when you have your hand in the cast and your leg's broken? Go sailing. Go sailing. <laughs> I'd rather be sailing. This isn't <laughs> suspicious. I think of, like, Huey Lewis in the news when I think of Ted Bundy. Like, I think he would What's really the like the What's famous song? Of Huey Lewis in the news? Yeah. They have so many hits. <laughs> mom, mom had their, um, this is how old mom is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she still had her car that had her cassette tape player in it, and she had like three Huey Lewis in the News tapes and like one Bad Company tape. Bad Company! <laughs> <laughs> and like, it was like every week. This week, driving to school, we listened to Bad Company. The next week, it was Huey Lewis 1. And the next <laughs> Huey week, Lewis Huey Lewis 2. <laughs> Mom loves Huey Lewis. Ready for love! <laughs> uh, Funny part about Bad Company with my mom. She only likes Bad Company. Like just the song Bad Company? Yeah, like By that. Bad Company? <laughs> off the album, off the Bad, album Company. Bad Company. Yeah. Like sh- that's the only song that she likes for Bad Company. She's like, ah, they're all right, but that's the only song I really like. My favorite it's one like is- like Kid Rock. She only likes Cowboy. <laughs> what about Bati Duba? <laughs> I like I Only God Knows Why. I think she would like that one if she listened to it. That was my favorite song for a long time. Yeah, it's a good song. I never, for a long time, I didn't realize he was from Detroit. I burned that whole CD onto my original Xbox just for that song. <laughs> Him and Yellow Wolf did another song together, but I haven't listened to it. It's not going to be as good as the first. Yeah. <coughs> Let's <Yeah>. roll. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kid Rock. Yellow Wolf. Couldn't just download Spotify back then. You had to put the CD in and wait for it to copy. <laughs> you had to rewind your cassette tape <laughs> to hear Bad Company over and over on repeat. Cause do they sing Shooting Star? Every fucking time. That was pretty cool. <laughs> Doo doo, Shooting Star. Um, I think it's them too. Like, I, don't know. I like Shooting Star. I like Bad Company. And I like Ready for Love. Anything yeah. else, you can just get it out of there. Do you remember that song uh, "All Right Now" by Free? All right. Now. That one? I thought that was by Bad Company for the longest time. <laughs> I'm gonna go down a Bad Company rabbit hole after this is done. 
I'm going to fucking sleep. <laughs> I'm going to be driving to Henrietta just like bad company. <laughs> I'm going to be driving home in a ditch. <laughs> bad pro- fucking news. <laughs> probably, it's probably not good for your suspension, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. I got to put new ones on anyways. Theodore Bundy. Yeah, he was born Theodore Robert Cal. Which I didn't know. Simon Cowell's relative? <laughs> yep. The son of Simon. You're not going to Hollywood. <laughs> I don't like it at all. <laughs> um, on November 24th, 1946. I think I said 24th, kind of weird. Um, yeah, you tried to throw a little British in there. 24th. <laughs> Never mind. Just, just continue, Drew, please. To... Uh, Thank you. <laughs> if you if you insist, Michael's like at that point. I knew I needed to get the fuck, fuck out, out of here. <laughs> um, he was born to Eleanor Louise Cal. She normally went by Louise um, at the Elizabeth Lund Home for Unwed Mothers, which does not sound like a fun time. Sounds in Burlington, Vermont, which is a bunch the... of single ladies looking for a baby daddy. <laughs> Burlington, Vermont, is like the home of like the. Burlington Coat Factory. <laughs> like, for real? I think so, yeah. I wasn't sure if we were just being funny or not on that. <laughs> no, I think I really... Like, you really think it's... I'm pretty sure. You can cool. fact check it later. Well, no, on. I don't want to fact... I don't. I refuse to fact check that. I mean, I'm going to fact check it and be like, I was right. I just... I, I just wasn't... <laughs> I couldn't tell if you were joking or not. And I was just like, is that real? Because that's cool. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Was he born, like, in a pile of coats? No, he was Probably. born in Philadelphia. <laughs> no, he was born at the uh, he, Illinois he wasn't, <laughs> he wasn't born and raised, but he was kind of raised in Philadelphia. Yeah, I know. He, he was did. not the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> <laughs> um, Got in one little fight and they threw me in jail. <laughs> they were never sure who Bundy's father really was. Um, his birth certificate named a salesman and Air Force veteran named Lloyd Marshall as his father. Um, but Luis also said it could have been a sailor named Jack Worthington. But it wasn't even able to be decided if that man really existed. Or if he did, that wasn't his real name. They yeah. know that for sure. At least he was smart enough to not use his real name like old Ted. <laughs> yes, my name is uh, Ted. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's funny. That we got a guy that keeps popping up on our suspect list named Ted. He was given no fucks. <laughs> but, um, hey, there's a thousand Teds anywhere you go. <laughs> yeah. It's a very but there's only name. one. There's only one that keeps repeatedly popping up on their suspect list. <laughs> Which, like, there were family rumors that possibly Ted had been fathered by his own grandfather. Yeah. It's possible. Um, that, which... Oh, go ahead, Michael. That shit happened all the time back then. Yeah. Which makes it even harder because for his childhood, like, he was raised thinking that his grandfather and grandmother were his parents and that his mom was his sister. Yep. Which I kind of... He says he didn't find out for a long time, but there's some stuff in here where I'm like, I don't know how you didn't know. I don't know, like, if you're raised that, I mean, like, from day one, yeah, this was this was dad, this was mom. I well, mean... Kind of old, pops. <laughs> who's, I mean, my biological dad would be close to 80 right now. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, who's it's that? totally possible. I just was saying, because, like, you'll see later on... He's not very old when he moves with his real mother, and so it's like... Why would you go? Yeah, would you not at least question, like, why did my parents just make me go live with my sister for no reason? In another, having you here. In another state, <laughs> like, yeah. you know? I thought they lived together. Well, they did for a while, until she... Like, she went to move and took him with her. 
Yeah, so, because, like, for the first three years of his life, they lived in Philadelphia with his grandparents. And like, he does come back and forth. Like, I mean, he visits them a lot. Um, his grandparents were Samuel and, let's see, I put Eleanor Cal, but that's also his mom's name, so I don't think that's right. Um, but Eleanor, She normally went by, like, what, Louise? Yeah, so maybe, maybe she was named after hmm. her. I'd call her Louie. Because uh, she normally went by Louise. But, um, you know, they raised him to think that, like we said, that was his older sister, not really his mom. But and he would give differing accounts of how he learned the truth about his parentage. He said he one day. It up. Yeah, like he said that one day his cousin called him a bastard and showed him his birth certificate. <laughs> Which is the worst way to find out. Buck. <laughs> yeah. But then he'll also claim like he found out on his own. I don't know. I mean, I found out through a Facebook message. From a fake ass profile. <laughs> About your parentage? Yes. Hmm. That Roger's not my biological father. I just got on Facebook one day and there was that spot that said other messages. Never seen it before. Yeah. I had a message from a year before uh-huh. from a fake profile account because I had one picture and was uploaded an hour before they sent me the message. So just thought you should know that he's not your biological father and it's one of these two people. What? So I asked my dad about it and he was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the worst way to find out. Yeah. Sorry, Michael. <laughs> if it, if it I, went thought we, I thought we'd been over this. <laughs> well, I, I I knew that Roger wasn't your biological dad. Like, you mentioned that the other day, but I didn't know that you found out that way. If it yeah. wouldn't mess up the microphones, I'd give you a hug. No, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Air hug for Michael. Um, <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> if you want, I can take this out of the podcast. No, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> I spoke because I went. I meant to share. I, I, I get, they can so, know. Sometimes Michael overshares. <laughs> but see, that was your business, so it's up to you. <laughs> True that. But um, Continue. <laughs> With the second worst way. <laughs> well, they didn't have Facebook back then, so this is kind of like the Facebook of finding out. Okay. <laughs> your asshole cousin telling you you're a bastard. And saying, throw, throwing the birth certificate in your face. Yeah. <laughs> But then, it, like, he also says that he found it on his own, which Anne Rule, she'll come in later. That's the woman who wrote the book. Like, she worked with him at the suicide prevention hotline place. Um, she strongly believes he found out in 1969. And during that time period, he is traveling around to see his family. And so she says that that's where she thinks he found his birth certificate. But I don't know what makes her think that, other than I just know he was seeing a bunch of his family at the time. Um and that's, you know, if he was born in 46 to 69, it's pretty old to be finding out for, like, someone who went off with his mom yeah. for a big chunk of his life. Um, but, you know, also sometimes he'll say his grandparents were, like, really nice and normal. And then other times, like, did you read much about his grandpa? Yeah, that he was a bastard. And um... <laughs> <laughs> Did his cousin show him his birth certificate, too? <laughs> well, like, I mean, I read the part where... He would come in from working or whatever, beat his wife and the dog, and then, like, go mutilate cats or some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, said he would, like, pick up a cat by the tail and swing it around, just like the neighbor's cats. And Which, then... Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like... Well, that's just 1950s good times there. Yeah. Uh, like you said, they didn't have Facebook, so I'm assuming they didn't have, you know, Clash. Or... Is, that, is that just how you got someone's attention? It's like... 
Look at me. Yeah, yeah. I really like this. <laughs> well, there ain't, like, no, there ain't nothing else to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was just beating his wife. Like, I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, that's which also so isn't much, good. I don't know if that's so much out of the norm. I don't know. To I mean, it's a, bad. A, I mean, a grown man to pick up a cat and twirl it in circles. That part you're bored, but I mean, like, <laughs> the, the part of like beating his wife, beating his wife. I'm just like, I don't condone it, but at the time, like it's probably normal. Probably I happened. Don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I feel like because like who's to say that substance isn't involved? Like whether we talk about like alcohol or whatever. I mean, yeah, he's probably hard on the sauce. True, <laughs> and. Had a rough days in the mines. <laughs> I think it's it's really implied that he might have been schizophrenic because they said he would well, go around the house and react to voices only he could hear. Sounds like and do shit like that. Sounds like it might be Ted's father. <laughs> Is this on account of Ted Bundy? I don't know that. I know a lot of that was from Ted, but I don't know about the voices. I'm not sure if that was because I don't think Ted would have said that because that makes it look like he's schizophrenic and he. I don't think he wanted people to think that. I, I just want you to think I'm crazy. Not. I mean. I did it for good. Yeah. Like, we'll get into it, like, next episode. On I did what... it because I liked it. I'm not insane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not an animal. <laughs> good God. <laughs> um, but in 1950, Luis, for whatever reason, changed her surname from Cal to Nelson. Don't know why. So she could open a bar down the road from Dustin's house. <laughs> <laughs> and... It said at the urging of multiple family members, she left Philadelphia with Ted to go live with some cousins in Tacoma, Washington. Get your unmarried ass out of here. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I I don't know why, (laughs) but that's how they wind up in Washington. And it's weird because you'll see like a bunch of these states he does stuff in. He has like earlier ties to them, which is weird for him to have so many different ties. And a lot of that comes into his working for the Republican Party, like, as a, kind of like a gopher in college. Yeah. Um, Fetch. Wasn't he, like, a piece of shit in college? I mean, like, as far as, like, he never showed up to class. Well, he started out really great. Yeah, he goes back and forth. Like, when he first goes to college, he's kind of not doing good. Like, he won't, he skips class, and then he goes back to college again after working with the Republican Party. And, uh, and he kind of refocuses his life. The first time he was dating that one girl, uh, Stephanie, Stephanie, Brooks. Stephanie Brooks, and she left him because he was a slacker and everything. So, like, she was like, he's worthless, not going to amount to nothing. <laughs> not husband material. Yeah, yeah, like, nobody doesn't have ambition, so she left him. And then when he quits and joins a Republican and goes back and is doing really great and trying to about to be successful... She comes back to him, gets back with him. Yeah, I think he was trying to get her back the entire time, and that's kind of like the tool, the what he was using to get her back. But um, might have been here. Here in 1951, Louise meets a man named Johnny Culpepper Bundy, which I love that name, Culpepper. Culpepper? Just like that combination, just like Johnny Culpepper Bundy, just like that's how I hear it. It sounds like a lumberjack. There's a there was an ex football player. His last name was Culpepper. Dante Culpepper. He was a basketball player, I think. Well, I was thinking of one. I can't remember his first name. He played for the Steelers, I think. Mm-hmm. He was on like a couple seasons of Survivor. That's why I know. Anywho, this <laughs> hospital cook. Yeah. And they met at a singles night hosted by Tacoma's First Methodist Church. Now, wasn't there some type of like weird computer-based 
like like a computer it was like the 1950s online dating something like that yeah i don't remember if that was with her or not i know that happened with dean coral's mom she did that and met a sailor (laughs) but i don't remember on bundy i guess that would be too early it'd have to be in the 60s wouldn't it yeah probably well, that well, I say that. I think that thing that they used it was like legitimately a scantron. So like, <laughs> like you would fill out your what you liked about these things, and you would put it in, and then it'd be like this person also had all these scantron marks, so maybe you'd be a good match with them. Yeah, but you then too. it took three days to get that shit back. So. <laughs> yeah, you had to wait as it just went. We'll we'll mail you. The, we'll send the your results out the next pigeon. It's just like a man behind the thing going, like, slowly pulling the paper through, going, bzzz, bzzz. It's just, like, poking holes. Um, But they meet, and later on they have four children together. Uh, They get married in 1951, so. It's a short courtship. Courtship. Yeah. And he, like, he sounds like a good guy. Oh, like you're I, pretty. You're cute. Want a ring? <laughs> like, I don't know that much about him, but, like, he adopted Ted, so that's how Ted got the name Bundy. And that's why I'm saying, like, how did he not know that that was his mom? Like, you got legally adopted by this man. Yeah. Well, by this point, he did. No, no, no. He didn't no. find that out until he was, like, 20-something. Uh, he's, cl- yeah, he's claiming. Yeah. Okay. We're going back a little. Yeah. But at the same time, I guess in 1951, he was five years old. Yeah. So he, maybe he just didn't understand. Oh, yeah, definitely not. But if you're four years old... Like, I think at least then, like, we could ask Tony's kids and be like, what's your last name? And I think the oldest one would Simmons. be able to tell you close enough. <laughs> yeah. So he eventually had to be sat down and be like, your last name is now Bundy. It's I don't not know. Cal. I think Noah would be like, well, you always call me No-No, so my last name's got to be Uh. <laughs> Noah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Three-year-old logic. Yeah. <laughs> um, Which... Like, he tried to include Ted on camping trips and, like, other father-son things. Um, but later in life, Ted would complain to a girlfriend that Johnny wasn't his real father and that he didn't think he was very bright and he didn't make a lot of money. This is 1951. He can't support me. Hmm. This is 1951. How materialistic can you be, Teddy? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he was saying it later on in life, but, like, he was just saying... Nobody he... made that great of money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He worked at the, what was the hospital cook? It's so a respectable job. Yeah, I'm not saying it's a bad job. I'm just saying, I don't <laughs> don't think he like was. Like I've got a passion for fucking hospital cooks or <laughs> some just shit. like secretly like we don't know. You're just like, yeah, yeah, when I'm not podcasting or working at the glass plant, I'm at the hospital serving slop. <laughs> <laughs> I hand out the jello box. Yeah, it's my. No, uh, when my dad was in the hospital this last time, um, me and mom went down to the cafeteria. The cook in that hospital? Uh-huh. Excellent. That's Excellent nice. food. Yeah. It was awesome. Sweet. Yep. <laughs> now this, okay, Ted makes it sound like he was a loner and he was going around doing weird shit as a kid in Tacoma, like in his teenage years. I don't doubt it. He probably was. He claims he spent a lot of his time rummaging through garbage cans looking for pictures of the naked ladies. Um, he'd look through open windows just to try and find either... Naked women or couples having sex. And I don't put that past him. Well, I don't. <laughs> no, I, I'm pretty sure he probably did that shit. <laughs> he just, like, knocks on the door. Could you choke her a bit? <laughs> <laughs> a bit more. But at the same time, he'll say that he had no friends. 
But when they go talk to people he went to school with. <laughs> because fucking Tom, peeping Toms get all the friends <laughs> well, in school. Yeah. But, but the weird thing is, when they go back and ask like former classmates, they say they all got along really well with him and he had many friends. Oh, we love Ted. Yeah, which, yeah, it could have been that. Like, no, it wasn't us that fucked him up. <laughs> it wasn't the fact that we ostracized him. <laughs> We're not the reason he started slaying people. It's not like some... We didn't make fun of the mole on his neck every fucking day and take his lunch money. Yeah, it's not like we didn't try to sit down and say, Teddy, why are you trying to see naked women so much? Why is this 14-year-old drinking beer? <laughs> why wouldn't you want to see naked women? Yeah, because I think at 14, it's just like... Yeah, but did You're you? Curious. I mean, did you walk around looking through open windows? No, but I also lived in the 21st century. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but still, the I'm only, gonna drop it there. I mean, the I only think... woman I remember him looking at in the window was a mannequin. Scared the shit out of him. Scared the shit out of him. <laughs> Walking down Main Street. <laughs> I think Got every a foot of snow on the ground, and he he's covered in it. <laughs> I do think every guy like around 13 found a way to find a trash bag full of old porn, but they weren't like rummaging through garbage cans for it. I think you just, like, help your uncle clean his shed and just found <laughs> some old Playboys. All I would have found is pot. Or, like, <laughs> just, like, Hustler magazine. But, but I mean, if you're just knocking down garbage cans, like, wonder if I can see some tits in here. Like, oh, just a banana peel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I, I read I mean, that, and I was just like, why garbage cans for naked pictures of women? And I was like, well, this is the 50s, I don't 60s. know, because, like, I'm very, very, like, weirded out, like, all of my mail, I shred everything because yeah. I'm like very freaked out of people going through my trash. I'm not a millionaire. You sent me fucking close to that. You sent me a check. I only do direct deposit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I'm, I'm very sketched out about people going through my mail. Like, you know how like people send you like credit card applications yeah, all the time. I got yeah. one the other day, pre-approved for fifty grand. I'm just like, like shred it. <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, like, I agree with you. I, I keep a lot of mail because I need to buy a paper shredder because I won't just throw certain yeah. stuff away. Yeah, like yeah. that bill of yours I had the other day. I ripped it up like 50 times. So. I appreciate that. <laughs> I don't do that with my mail, but it wasn't mine, so. <laughs> I didn't know that Dustin did that, but I just assumed he did. <laughs> nah, I just don't take any chances with somebody else's information. Appreciate it. <laughs> two points, Michael. <laughs> yep. I'll uh, give you two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now, like, the only constructive thing it seemed the Bundy really would do is he took up snow skiing as a hobby. Constructive? Yeah. Kept him in shape. I didn't Maybe mean that's why he was always on crutches. <laughs> Just meant, like, something good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, since, you know, not <laughs> that, looking that for wasn't, porn. <laughs> that wasn't strangling women and <laughs> yeah. trying to peep through. Okay, I got you. Yeah. I, that makes sense. That was very constructive. Good job, Teddy. <laughs> like, he's, you know, he's trying to build something. Like, he's just <laughs> like... I I don't know why I need to quit doing this. <laughs> yeah, just I'm like, going snow skiing. Stop it, Ted! I gotta go to the Alps. Like, <laughs> but he replaced his what would you call his peeping tomness? Just like his urge. He replaced his urge with thievery. And he yeah. does seem like a klepto when you when we read some more shit. But yeah, he he got quite got arrested twice for stealing. Now, like, isn't that the only similarities that we can see between like? other famous serial killers and him is like the petty thievery. Well, cause like he doesn't yes, with the bed. No, he doesn't um, like try to commit arson or nothing like that. I mean, it's just like the only thing he really has in common at a younger age is like kind of like the petty theft. Right? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah well, like younger he, age. Yeah. He loves to steal and yeah, he's like, steal. What, and he wants to see naked people. Well, he's like a compulsive <laughs> liar. And I feel like, like every 13 year old boy likes to say, see naked ladies. 
Yeah. But like, except for the faggots. <laughs> <laughs> well, there goes San Francisco again. <laughs> but Bye, guys. <laughs> um, at the same time, like he had an obsession with it. Like it wasn't wasn't like a healthy amount. Like the thievery or the naked women. All of it, but okay. but like the naked women, like he definitely, like it seems like, or at least according to him, he was obsessed with it. But that could play into something later when he tries to blame pornography on his actions. Mm. So, it, you know, because he, he, he tells different stories. So I think the big thing is thievery and compulsive lying. Okay. Um, Anyways, he uh, stole some skiing equipment, got put or got caught twice. Good thing he didn't steal a candy bar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What are you in for? Stealing a candy bar. Oh, you're just here for the weekend? Life. Life without parole. <laughs> <laughs> Look it up, Florida. <laughs> um, but I guess in Washington, like, your record gets expunged when you turn 18. Yeah. So he did all that before he turned 18. And so, you know, it's as like an adult, happened. he has no record. And uh, he graduates high school in 1965. And he spends a year at the University of Puget Sound. That's what I think. I'd go with. Um, then he transfers to the University of Washington in '66. I have here to, to study, study Chinese. Chinese. I've heard. You know, I've heard that. Yeah, because I. Why? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think this is part when he wasn't very focused, so he just. I want to learn to speak Chinese. I, so. If I was going to learn another language, it's going to be Italian. <laughs> I will say that. This. I, <laughs> I think I would probably choose something that I would use because, like, a lot of people that live. Hello. A lot of people <laughs> that live here are Mexican. That's so exactly I why I wouldn't want to learn it. <laughs> like I, I, I want to know if the people on the back of the bus are trying to fucking stab me and take my wallet. <laughs> <laughs> so there goes any other Spanish-speaking places that listen to us. No, um, no. <laughs> no, I mean just like fucking gringos. <laughs> the, the only reason why I want to learn another language is like to see if they're plotting against me. And I don't trust Americans. I don't trust Chinese. I don't trust nobody. It's just like I can already fucking speak English, so yeah. I ain't gonna worry about that. Yeah. Just forget nah. si- forget sign language. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that's one I'm gonna go with. We're safe for insulting them because they can't hear us, right? So if we agreed. Um, sorry, <laughs> but I will They're, say they got a translator. You know, just sitting there doing it, and she's like, "Oh, <laughs> like." <laughs> just five minutes of silence <laughs> but he um i will say there he lives in the pacific northwest they probably have more my great like, aunt lives there oh really yeah that's cool mm-hmm. like, never, never met her though uh, <laughs> i would like to go see seattle <laughs> which i remember talking to you that one time and i was like if i had to move like maybe that and then you were like kurt cobain like naming off all these people who killed themselves, you're like, you don't need to go there, Drew. It's just like, yeah, you're right. Um, Drew's just stuck in good old Morse. Grunge music was born in Seattle. <laughs> you were like, there's no sun there. You would kill yourself. I was just like, point Dustin. <laughs> Thanks. But, uh, I mean, and this is the 60s. So, I mean, around the Pacific Coast in World War II, we had those camps. So there probably is a lot of Asian families up the coast because this mm. is like 15 years past. So it might actually have been more useful than it sounds to us now. Good. Um, but like while there, he begins relationship with Stephanie Brooks who brought her up earlier in early 1968. But around the time he starts his relationship, he drops out of college. He gets like a minimum wage job 
and he starts volunteering at the Seattle office for Nelson Rockefeller's presidential campaign. At least he was, you know, trying for something there. Yeah, I mean, on paper it sounds like that really is what kind of turned him around to help him go back to college later on. Yeah, and see, like, I feel like an idiot because before doing any, like, hardcore research on this, uh-huh. I thought that, like, he had, like, the mindset to be, like, a president. Yeah. And, like, he was really, really good at politics, and he could have done, he could have been really successful in, you know, the political aspect of life. But I don't think he'd have been that good at it, to be completely honest with you. Rain? Oh, is that what that was? Yeah. It's a rain. It's uh, raining and thundering. I thought the air conditioner or heater kicked on. I was like, why? <laughs> Speak of the devil. Um, so if you hear that, it's making it spooky. Oh. Um, we're in the Pacific Northwest right now. Rain we're, we're on location. We are <laughs> literally in the center of the fucking country. <laughs> we're in Seattle. <laughs> Look up Morse, Henry and Old Moggy on Google Maps. We were like smack dab in the middle of the country. That's Tulsa. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> just, just like same no area. fact check it now it's Michael area. it's Tulsa it's just like <laughs> well like the center of the universe is in Tulsa yeah, oh yeah true that but I'm sure yeah, that is true I've never been there no I haven't either I've heard that I want to go like, yeah, I want to go check it out because um, you can stand in like the circle and you can speak and like your voice is amplified but nobody else can hear you yeah and you hear like a weird ass noise too like it's icky spooky I think we need to do a field trip alright we're gonna we'll be back <laughs> bye guys <laughs> no we're we're still here we gotta do this we're in the pacific northwest about a girl fucking Alice in Chains um but you know while he's like he you're right like, when you hear that, you think, oh, he had a really good, you know, career ahead of him for politics. Like, I think he'd been all right as, like, working on campaigns, but I don't think he could have ran for office and actually, no. like, done really any good. No. But he no. seemed all right with, like, you know, right here in 1968, he goes to Miami to the Republican National Convention. But he's just, he's there as a helper. He's Perhaps there running. if he would have become president. So many prostitutes. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, I, I imagine. Honestly, I think that if they went back, they would probably find people in these states that went missing yeah. around this time. And I'll, you know, we'll say why here in a little bit, but I, I bet they could find them if they looked. It just might be kind of hard to figure that out. Um, but yeah, so you know, as Michael said earlier, Stephanie Brooks breaks up with him because he just doesn't really seem like he's going anywhere. He seems really immature. Not as been material. Yeah. Quote unquote. He's she a, he's a child. She rubbed his shirt and was like, "We're more ex-boyfriend material." <laughs> <laughs> Cotton was a bad choice. Cotton was a bad choice, Bundy. Mister Theodore. Um, now he takes it really hard. Apparently, Stephanie, or at least he says he does. I don't know if he can feel. <laughs> <laughs> but he claims, and a lot of people think this is what messed him up. I think he's just been messed up. <laughs> like, I feel like he was just born I a broken born human. This way. Yeah, yeah. If only Lady Gaga had been around that time. <laughs> I can relate to her so much. <laughs> Sing it, Lady. <laughs> just like he would have went on tour as a dancer. Um, I bet he couldn't dance. <laughs> oh, I bet you not. Yeah. But I bet he sucked at dancing. But so do I, so. Yeah, I can't well, That's why we can shit, shit on him. I mean, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um,. How's it taste, bitch? (laughs) 
But, you know, after he has that breakup, that's when he goes on that trip and he starts seeing his family. And that's why Ann Rule thinks that that's when he found out the truth. But Yeah, Ann Rule is the lady that worked with him at the call center, right? Yeah. She wrote a book called The Stranger Beside Me after Bundy uh, oh. got caught. And she was. But y'all were so close. Well, they seemed close. Yeah, like um, I seen that he would like walk her to her car every night, and yeah. he would say, um, "You make sure that you lock your door, because I don't want nothing bad to happen to you." Turns out he was the only one there to do anything bad to her. Yeah, yeah. but like, he never murdered anybody that he knew, and he had like a specific type. Um, was like brunette all, hair parted like down the middle. Yeah, like they all were like resembled Stephanie. Apparently. Yeah, yeah, and like they'd have to be fucking smoking hot, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, if I'm gonna. Well, I'm not. I'm not even gonna go there. <laughs> Say it. Thanks. <laughs> like, you know. You know what? Let's not. Let's, let's not y'all have him got, talk. Y'all have got me thinking ahead a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Which Thank Mike, you. Michael's just like sitting over there, hikes his leg up, you know, crosses it over <laughs> here. And I agree with him. If I'm gonna kill, they're gonna have to be pretty because I don't kill uggos. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was there is a quote from him in court where he talks to a lady and he's just like, "You're not even pretty enough for me to kill." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So he, which like, like, what do you I'll say like in you, that, Mr. Bundy? <laughs> are you like, like <laughs> taken aback, or are you like, thank you? <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's like, well, thanks I for get not to live, me. but I'm ugly. <laughs> My husband thinks I'm beautiful. I'm totally killable. I'm totes killable. <laughs> just, just throw that out there. <laughs> oh really? Let, let's give it a whirl. <laughs> just like, ah, oh, no. <laughs> I was kidding, Ted. <laughs> Stop it, Bundy. What about radio? <laughs> Tell him the jury was wrong. <laughs> just like he's a madman. Um. The Church no, of he, Ted. He, he was pretty happy. <laughs> no, I don't. I mean, it's hard, it, it's hard to say. I just think he didn't have emotions other than like kill and angry <laughs> and neutral, <laughs> like, like trying to rea- like react to what you did. Like he's yeah. just like, how am I supposed to react to this? <laughs> um, but after he does all this in the fall of '69, he returns to Washington. He meets a woman named Elizabeth Klopfer. I don't know if I'm saying her last name right. Klopfer. Klopfer. Yeah. And they have a relationship, like a weird relationship, kind of on and off kind of deal for a long time. And it's weird how these women that we're talking about here play like a a long role in his life. Um, Because like with Stephanie, he, he starts... Killing people who look like Stephanie. Now, doesn't he get back with her eventually? Yeah, and we're, we'll be getting to that in a second. Okay. Um, hmm. Because, like, in mid-1970, um, after he gets, the, he's been in a relationship with Elizabeth for a while, he re-enrolls at the University of Washington as a psychology major, and he became very well regarded by his professors. How, how ironic. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then in 1971... He takes the job with the Seattle Suicide Prevention Hotline, and that's when he works with Ann Rule. You know, at, when I first read that, I was like, before I knew that he was just picking up hitchhikers, I was like, man, that's a good way to find your victims. I mean, they don't tell you where they live or anything, but, oh, you don't want to live? <laughs> <laughs> I thought Michael was thinking ahead for a bit, but... Yeah. <laughs> I guess he is thinking ahead. We need to watch him. <laughs> He's going to put in his two weeks notice at the glass plant. What are you doing, Michael? I got a job with the uh, suicide prevention hotline. Um, just like, Michael, we got to have a oh, talk. Oh, you're trying to save lives? Yeah. <laughs> What's your address? <laughs> so, you just get on the phone. So you're sad? All right, where you live? 
you know what? Let, let's, get, let's get lunch. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no, I'd really like to touch bases with you face-to-face. If you could meet me at my it's dumpster. The, it's the new way to do things. <laughs> uh, which I think the suicide prevention hotline is a good thing to have around. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but without I mean, a doubt. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm just joking. I'm not going to kill anyone. My quote, Michael. <laughs> no, I I do think it's a very like it's a serious thing to have. Like it's yeah. it's nice to have. Mental health is a very important thing. Actually, something pretty cool. Um, I think it's Bradley Bill and Kevin Love are starting like this thing in the NBA. Like they wrote into the oh, Players yeah. Tribune and stuff like that. Like, yeah, talking about, about that. Health. No, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't um, Bradley Bill. It was uh, Demar Derozan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I saw Kevin Love time. I had like an anxiety attack or something mm-hmm. during a game, and Demar Derozan was really like public about his depression he had going on. <clears throat> so, and like, like I said, I think that's because like shit does get better. I mean, sometimes you gotta go get some help, but like, you know, suicide is not the answer. And calling a suicide prevention hotline and meeting up with that person is also <laughs> not the answer. It's supposed to be anonymous. Let's keep it that way. Yeah. yeah. You said your name was Ted. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But um, he had no problem telling him what his name was. Apparently, my name is Ted Bundy. You'll hear about me one day. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Ann Rule, she says she never saw really anything weird in his behavior while they worked together, and she thought that he was very kind and like empathetic. So he appears like he can understand what you're doing. Well, it's like the psychology training, I guess. Yeah. So I think he's good at being like a chameleon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, if I make it look like I care. Yeah, you can't tell I'm They'll not carrying. They'll slip into my lair. <laughs> yeah, that rhymed. Um, he graduates 1972 with a degree. He begins again working many different jobs for the Republican Party in Washington. Um, and he uses his references, like in early 1973, from these politicians he worked for to start getting into a law program at the University of Utah. <laughs> Stephanie who? Yeah. <laughs> Psychologist, law... Serial killer. Chinese. <laughs> Chinese. <laughs> That's the triad you got to watch out yeah, for. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they've studied this? Blacklist him. <laughs> but he goes to California in the summer of 73 on some kind of business for the Republican Party, and he becomes reacquainted with Stephanie Brooks, and she's just, like, amazed at how different he acts. And, she, you know, he's focused, whatever, like, he's completely different. Oh, you might actually be going somewhere. Yeah, when he's just like he's in like that red suit, like the Skills USA suit, yeah, I imagine. Yeah. And he's just like, see my pinky ring? Yeah, I drive a, I drive a BMW now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's totes legit. I have a Geo Metro, <laughs> but it's got a four cylinder, very yeah. economic. Yeah, because I care about the environment. Um, but he's like also dating like Klopfer. I don't know how to say her name. It's gonna bug me. It'd be alright. Um. Like, at the same time, and neither one of them are, like, aware of the other. Because Stephanie's in California. That's usually how cheating is supposed to go. <laughs> well, I mean, if they were, like, in an open relationship kind of thing. True. It's, it's not that. <laughs> but they're in different states. So I think it's, at the time, Somehow, it's not social media. I feel like if he would have asked Stephanie, she probably would have been down. <laughs> the way she sticks with him throughout all this crap. No. No. Stephanie doesn't stick with him. No. We're thinking of Klopfer. <clears throat> Am I? Yeah. My bad. We'll get we'll get into what happens with the rest of Stephanie in about ten seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, like they begin to look more and more serious. Like you know, they were Bundy and Brooks. Um, at oh, one point. Yeah. <laughs> but what's what's funny about that is Michael knew the answer yeah, to this I said that like earlier. ten minutes ago. It's okay, Michael. You're tired. There's so many women in this. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know I'm not good with names. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 
At one point, Bundy's even like referring to her as his fiance with certain people. But then in January 1974, he just cuts it off. He straight up ghosts her ass, yo. Yes. <laughs> like, Quote. no, no <laughs> return phone calls. All letters returned to sender. Straight ghosted. He answered one time. Said he didn't even recall talking to her. Yeah, he well, was just like, like she, she's <laughs> like, "What's the deal?" And he's like, "I have no clue what you're talking about." Yeah, <laughs> click. Yeah, and then here's Teddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because good outline, good outline, Shanks. <laughs> but he, like, it's weird because he could have married her. This is the woman that broke his heart for him being a bad boyfriend. Like, like, honestly, this is the ultimate revenge. That's all I'm saying. Because, yeah, well, like, it is. check this out. I didn't kill her. I married her. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know my story. Yeah. <laughs> I fought so hard to get her back. And once I got her back, I was like, I'm done. Like, but, but here's, but I then won. I, but then I was like, no, I'm, actually, I, I, I'm in love with her. I love this woman. I want to marry her. Are you talking about? Kelsey, yes, my wife. But here's what I'm saying. You married her. I didn't kill Ted her. could have married Stephanie, and instead he ghosts her ass and goes on Yo. to kill, like, multiple women in multiple states. I like, thought about it. <laughs> like, No, he didn't. But he could have done what you did because she was, like, amazed at how different he was. Yeah. And, like, she was totally down to marry him. And then he just does that, and then he starts skipping class, and then later that month, women start going missing in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, like, I'm not saying that <laughs> that's what I did, but... Are we going to have to start Googling missing women? <laughs> like, there was a shred of thought whenever I, like, finally succeeded in getting her back, where I was like, I won, game's over. <laughs> On to the next one. But then I was like, but I actually have empathy. Yeah. So I was like, no, I like her. I, I love her. She's my... Soulmate, that's who I want to spend the rest of my So I didn't go on to kill 35 women or however fucking Over. <laughs> it's like, it's a lot. Um, a fucking lot. Which, it's never been decided conclusively when he started killing. But we know for sure this is when he started to ramp up the first time. Because he ramps up multiple times. Um, like, he has told different stories. He would talk about that he possibly abducted or killed one or two women in Atlantic City during 1969. Oops. Uh, I don't really have that much on that. He mentions a murder in Seattle in 1972, and the murder of a hitchhiker in Tumwater, Washington, which sounds like a terrible place to live. <laughs> it's just sound- this is Tumwater, a.k.a. Spit, Washington. <laughs> it's, it sounds like you were in a bathtub and you washed your stomach and you just poured that water into a bucket. What? Tumwater. Tongue water? Tum, like T-U-M. your tummy. Oh, I thought you said tongue water. No, no. that would just be ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck me. <laughs> no, I, I understand. My voice is kind of fucked. But he, like, I just imagine just, like, washing your belly. Like tummy like, water. And, like, wringing out the, the washer egg into a bucket. I'm going to name my town after that. <laughs> <laughs> that's tum water. <laughs> yeah, that's how we clean it. Um... And he's, he talks about that in being around 1973. No way to verify any of that. Um, and Rule thinks he might have started as a teenager because there was apparently like some circumstantial evidence that Ted Bundy may have killed an eight-year-old when he was 14. Ask. But, oh. <laughs> but he would deny that his entire life. Um, Smart. 
I, you know, there's no way of knowing if because he denies a lot of things and changes his story a lot. Yeah, and I don't know we can anything about that case. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, but we do know the first documented murder. He was 27. And it was 1974. Um, but he claims at this point he had learned how to not leave evidence behind in this pre-DNA time. Oh yeah. Which so is how, like, how did you practice there, Bundy? Yeah. Which is pretty crazy because, like, didn't he commit all of his murders like blackout drunk? No, I think he was stone cold sober when he was doing this. I don't know. Dahmer did all his when he was drunk. I'm pretty sure he was like drunk when he did his, but like, because like I read that and it's just like, how can you be so meticulous in not to leave anything behind if you're drunk? So like, well, it didn't the, the it didn't correlate, but that's what I heard. Well, he was he drives a lot, which is why I don't think he was because he he would have got caught like swerving or something if he was yeah. drunk at the because he'll pick him up and then drive somewhere else. Ask me why I thought about that, and I'll tell you why here later. Okay. All right. Why'd you think about it? <laughs> um, <laughs> he might have, because he, he said he drank a lot as a kid, but I don't know if that was true. Um, but on January 4th, 1979, like shortly after midnight, which is around the time that him and Brooks, like he broke it off with Brooks. He, I ruined everything. He enters the basement apartment of 18-year-old Karen Sparks. She was a dancer and a student at University of Washington. Now, dancer, we're not talking about like a, like a strip club dancer. I think she's like a ballet dancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and he snuck up on her while she was asleep, beat her with like a metal rod, and then sexually assaulted her either with the rod or a metal speculum. Wasn't it like a hairspray bottle? I don't know. This one I read, I mean, it could have been like it would be in a similar, you know, thing. Okay. Um, but she'd be unconscious for 10 days, but she would survive and recover, but she was permanently disabled. And like, um, it threw her balance off like the rest of her life. Like Couldn't. her, I, I don't know if it was like her eyes would shake or some shit like that. But uh-huh. Like she was always dizzy or something like that. I, that's what I yeah. She was beaten very badly. Yeah. Um, like it fucking ruined her. Yeah. And then on February 1st, he broke into the uh, basement room of Linda Ann Healy. There's a typo there in your outline. Yeah, I see that. Bund. Bund broke into the basement. <laughs> um, he like beat her unconscious, dressed her up in jeans, a white blouse, and boots, and carried her away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they said that, like, wouldn't all, have, all of his killings, they were either in slacks or jeans? Yeah. Yeah, he didn't get women in dresses, apparently. Which is weird. Yeah. Yeah, like... Mm. He had a very particular taste yeah which is weird to like consider with this but i mean it's how it goes um and this is when you know you start seeing women are going missing that's a never mind what (laughs) they start going missing about once a month and like these names we're going to use some of them might be pseudonyms because a lot of these people's names you'll read them and there's been so many true crime books that were written at times where they didn't want to release the names so they would just give them a name so these are either real names or the one that's most commonly used as a pseudonym it was hard to like pick out but i'm pretty sure most of these are the real names so can we go like back and forth the three of us like you read one then you read one then i read one then back to you if you want to cool because i can't read and i need to practice <laughs> I'll go second because that's a long paragraph. You need the practice. All right. Because I need the practice. <laughs> For what? I don't know. I work in a fucking factory. Need to be able to read the instructions. 
we don't have instructions. I was just, just trying to I was trying to throw something at the wall and hope it would stick. It didn't. Wasn't that one. Damn it. <laughs> I mean nothing's gonna stick to these walls. But now I have to beat myself. <laughs> but this is a uh, voice recording, not a live show. There's no sense in that. Me beating myself? Yes. I'm sure. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, not again. It makes a sound. <laughs> um, so March 12th of 1974, Donna Gail Manson, she's a 19-year-old student. In no relation to Mr. C. Manson. <laughs> yeah, that we know Yeah, of. I thought that was quite funny right after we did him. Um, she was a student at the Evergreen State College in Olympia, Washington, which is a great song by Rancid, Olympia, what? Washington. Oh. Um, they're all up from Seattle, too. <laughs> she left her dorm room to attend a jazz concert on campus, but never arrived. And her remains were never found. She skipped down with some dude named Ted. <laughs> Pretty sure Ted just swooped her up. She later went on to star in the hit TV show, that 70s show. <laughs> Married with children. <laughs> Donna. Yeah. Oh, it's my turn. Susan Elaine Rancourt. April 17th. She went missing on her way back from her dorm after evening advisors. After an evening. See, I'm still what I told you, man. Yeah. Plus, I'm tired. My my eyes are shaking. Let me put my finger down and follow my finger. <laughs> Let's go. She went missing on her way back to her dorm after an evening advisors meeting at Central Washington State College in Ellensburg. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. Washington. Um, two women would come forward after her disappearance and said they were both approached by a man wearing an arm sling who wanted them to help carry his books to his brown-slash-tan VW Beetle bug. Yeah. One woman said that she was approached by the same... She was approached the same night Rancourt went missing. The other was approached three days earlier. So, like, is this, like, the sailboat bullshit? Well, it's, it's the same... Yet, but, yeah. Well, it's a similar thing. Like, like, like well, I mean, this is, but this is what he was... This is what yeah. they're talking about? Yeah, yeah, like, he would have a sling. He'd say... He would, like, act like he was dropping his books... And try to get someone to see him and just be like, you know, oh, geez, can you like really help me? Like my arms hurt. My high cholesterol. My I got high cholesterol. My my fingers are numb. I can't carry these books. Please come here. <laughs> Which this is, you know, like I said, these <clears throat> women were asked and he they told him no. And so when you hear because they're smart. Well, yeah. So when you hear and not to say these women that helped him were stupid. They are. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, I, they just they were trying to be helpful. And I think maybe they just didn't really think they cut the shit into the it. deal. We'll see. It's like. What my daddy always told me, be an asshole to everybody you meet <laughs> until you know them. Yeah. Well, and, and like, and I know for, for time reasons, I won't go long on this. Um, when I was in college, I had a friend who I saw him on like in the parking lot one day with his hood up. And there was another guy. Put your motherfucking hood up. <laughs> and I pulled over there and I was like, hey, you need some help. Because like, not that I would have been able to do much, but I figured his battery was dead. And it was. And they had jumper cables, but, like, the way where his battery was and the other guy's battery was, they couldn't reach. So that guy had to go. And it was the same thing on mine. So we had to, like, he had to go pull out of that parking lot and then go through another parking lot and then pull up so he could put the front of his car next to, like, his Mm -hmm. front. And while we were waiting, this, like, really cute girl pulls up, gets out of the car, and it's like, hey, you need some help? Now, us knowing that guy was coming back, my friend was like, yeah, <laughs> for, like, an excuse to talk to her. And she's like, okay. 
and we were I was kind of like, well, there was a guy who was helping us, but he drove off. I don't know where he's at. And so while we're getting ready to like hook the cables up to her car, that guy pulls up and he's like getting out to let him. And she was like, okay, well, he's here. I'll, you know, we weren't hooked up yet. So she was like, he can just do it. And she left. Now, I know if that girl had said, hey, I'll give you a ride somewhere. And my friend had gotten in that car. I wouldn't have thought at all to ask him if he got there okay. But like, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like, I wouldn't have been like, hey, man, you all right? That woman, did she kidnap you? (laughs) Like, I wouldn't do (laughs) shit like that. But. You're so sexist. (laughs) <laughs> well, I, the truth, I, I wouldn't have thought about you it. fucker. <laughs> but like with, so with these women, like the ones who were like, yeah, like I'm not going to help this strange man. Yeah. Like the, the lady who tried to help him was just being nice. Yeah. And so like, I understand it, but you know, I don't know. I just thought it was funny because I was reading this and I was just like, I wouldn't have gave a second thought if he'd hopped in that lady's car and drove off. <laughs> she Rub- took you back to her sex basement. <laughs> yeah. Roberta Kathleen Parks. Ironically, the date of her death is my mother's birthday. Different year, but... Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I hope. Anyways. <laughs> we celebrate two holidays on my mama's birthday. Oh, <laughs> mama's birthday, death of Roberta. Oh, poor Roberta. <laughs> uh, she left her dorm at Oregon State University. OSU. And, yeah. yeah. The other OSU. Shout out. Stillwater. <laughs> the Ducks. In Corvallis, Oregon, to have coffee with friends at the student union, but never arrived. And that's all we know. Yeah. <laughs> Crabs? It's Drew's turn. Fuck yeah. that one, then I on read ju- that long paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> on June 1st, Brenda Carroll Ball... She was last seen in the parking lot of the Flame Tavern in Berrien, Washington. Burien. 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 That's when you, like, have too much beer. They're just like, how much beer in you got in you? Yeah? Uh-huh. Yeah? Yeah? No. I'm not how much bi- beer in there? I'm not biting. Yeah, I was hoping you would. Anyways. <laughs> she, was, <laughs> she, she was seen speaking to a man with his arm in a sling. That's about it. That's, like, the only reason, the only spec... Ooh, excuse me. That's only speculation that they have on why she went missing. Well, that, that, or, the, or why they tie that into Ted Bundy. Well, that and her remains were found, and he said he killed her. But oh, <laughs> I mean, there's there's also that someone didn't read ahead. That too. <laughs> oh, look at you! You get another paragraph. Yep. Um, George George Gann. Jo- George Ann. George Ann. Yeah. I'm gonna call her George Ann. Yeah, George Ann. Gorgian. It's like Gorgi Dang. Did she play for the Minnesota Timberwolves? <laughs> George Ann Hawkins, uh, last seen walking down a well-lit alleyway on her way to a sorority house from her boyfriend's dorm. The next morning, detectives comb- combed the alley but found no evidence. They later heard that a man on crutches with a leg cast, hence the crutches, um, was seen in the nearby alley that night asking for women to help him with a briefcase. Mm-hmm. Just to like take back to his car. I was on crutches for a short amount of time, and there's really not a whole lot you can do because it takes two arms to, ro- to you know to work those damn things. It's a yeah. contraption. Hell oh man! Yeah, look at the paragraph I got. There you go, Michael. <laughs> you can read, sorta. <laughs> Janice Ott and Denise Marie Noslin. Yeah, this is the uh, sailboat time. Sweet. On 
July 14th. Both women, both women were at Lake Sammamish State Park in Issaquah, Washington. These abductions took place in broad daylight. Bundy was seen wearing a white tennis outfit with his arm in a sling, asking numerous women to help him unload a sailboat that was on his Volkswagen Beetle roof. Time out. Okay. I've, I've never been sailing. Not one time in my life. Neither have uh-huh. I. I don't plan on it either. Um, <laughs> seems like a lot of work. Yeah. yeah as far as like getting the fucking pole up, getting the fucking <laughs> sail strung, and you're having to work it and work mm-hmm. it and work it for like three minutes of being able to coast, and then you got to work it some more. Um, this is definitely not something that I would want to do. With two, two arms. arms. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's damn sure nothing that I would want to do with one arm. Yeah. So what I want to know is, he, he's got a Volkswagen Bug, so it had to be on top of his car. Yeah. Well, exactly. So how did he load it? If it if it was even there. Point Michael, because <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going down. Sailboats can't fit, and they make those small sailboats. But yeah. A very good point. Fucking retards. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he could have had it on the car. Well, I don't, well, what I'm saying, like he could have had it on the car, then got an arm injury. I'm not saying it was he did that. Like, maybe he keeps it on the car. I'm glad I'm not. Drew finally got the look I always get. Well, yeah, he gave, he gave me that look, but it's fucking true. No. <laughs> the fuck? Why can't it be he true? He loaded it, hurt his arm, went to the doctor, put it in a sling, and then went to the lake and now, ocean hurry. and was like. <laughs> well, like, well, he's just like sitting there. Hurry up, Doc. I got to catch this wind. I'm trying to get the sail in the I'm just saying, it's possible. It could have been. It's not like he did it and, like, I'm oh, not, my arm. It's like, not out of the realm of possibilities, but it's the least likely. Yeah, well, you know what? He didn't have a goddamn sailboat on his car in the first place. True that. <laughs> We're True. debating over something that's false. True that. But, like, <laughs> check this out. There's the three of us, even. Uh, We're close to the beach. and not. I mean, not right now, but let's just say that we're close to the beach. We're in the Pacific and Northwest. Yeah. And we're, like, I don't know, standing outside the car talking shit. Uh, and this guy walks up. He's in a fucking tennis uniform. He's got his <laughs> arm in a sling, and he says, hey, boys. Can you help me unload my sailboat so I can go sailing? Do you not look at me and go, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would. <laughs> like, see, this isn't the 1970s. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> no, finish. I get what you're saying, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna come back and say this: if, if you're a woman at the beach, or if you're just a man who doesn't want to deal with it, <laughs> and some other man in a cask asks you to. Uh, Help him unload his sailboat. I want you to look for the burliest biker-looking motherfucker on the beach and say, like, I don't have time, but I know that guy will help you. <laughs> and then he has he can't call your bluff because he's going to go, oh, you know he'll help me? Of course he will. <laughs> and then while he goes to ask, you know, Bam Bam Bigelow over there, <laughs> then you can go hop in your car and get the fuck away. Now I'm going to watch. <laughs> it's just like... It doesn't make sense to me on how, like how it didn't strike nobody as odd. Well, it did. Well, not nobody, but these two specific. Hold on, hold on. Well, he he only did it to the one woman. He had, all right. Well, let me, yeah, let me, Michael, let me, go, let ahead. Me finish <laughs> go ahead and read it, and then we'll talk about it. Asked him to unload the sailboat on his Volkswagen. He introduced himself as Ted to these women. One woman had accompanied him to the car and fled when she noticed there was no sailboat. Multiple witnesses saw Janice Ott go with him towards the car. About four hours later, Denise Marie Noslin left a picnic 
to use the restroom and never returned. Bundy would claim that he kept both women alive and forced one of them to watch as he killed the other before killing her as well. However, towards the end of his life, he would deny that. Because he's a piece of shit. So, as that one woman went with him and then ran off when she saw there wasn't a sailboat. So, you lying bastard. Well, like, <laughs> which kudos, like, you know, kudos to her because, like, if it's me, I'm just like, Where's the boat at, dude? Is that is that your yeah. car? Yeah, like, that's where I get killed. But can't, like, if we're I'm being to figure this shit out, <laughs> if we're being completely honest, he asked a bunch of women to help him with the sailboat. He didn't have a sailboat. One of them ran away. He could have told Janice Ott something different. I don't know what he would have told her. It would have been in the same vein. But he's just so damn stupid that he's like, well, it hasn't worked yet. Let's keep trying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like we, you know, he didn't t- say that he told Will Janice. Let me Ott. get my surfboard out. Like he didn't tell her while he's at. He asked while on crutches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like he didn't say that. That's what he told Janice Ott. Yeah, we just true. have these women saying that's what he tried on them, mm. and then Janice Ott was seen walking with him towards his car. And that was the last time she was seen. Oh, Janice, is it? I got a bag full of bread. I'm trying to feed the birds. Come and help me unload it. <laughs> so, well, he, sir, both of your arms are in slings. How are you going to throw it? I'm throwing my feet. <laughs> <laughs> so he could have told her anything. So we don't even know if the sailboat thing actually worked on anyone. Okay. Um, more. We just know that was the people who were alive to tell us he was he was doing that at the beginning um, of that day. But and with the other woman, I think he must have just snatched her. Because that's a lot of these people, like, the ones that we know helped him or, like, were asked for help are the ones that didn't help him. Yeah. So, he, yeah. for all we know, he could have got just frustrated and just grabbed people because True that. some of them were, like, in a well-lit alley. And it sounds like he really did just, like, knock you them in the head and me drag them the off. Boat. So, yeah. A lot of pent-up aggression coming but, out of Mr. Bundy's corner. Anyways, yeah. with that happening at the beach, you know, trying to get him to help with his imaginary boat, that allowed the authorities to get a sketch of him. And uh, since he, you know, gave them his name, Ted, <laughs> which ironically popped up in a bunch of their uh, anonymous tips or whatever. Well, they didn't pop up in the tips yet. Um that's they release uh, he called himself Ted and they'd say the name of the vehicle. So that's when the first time Elizabeth Klopfer calls yeah. and rule calls, a DES employee calls and one of the University of Washington psychology professors call. So these are the first tips they get about Bundy. We all know a man named Ted who drives a Volkswagen. But also over 200 tips a day were coming into the police. So uh, so Ann Rule ratted on him? Yeah, Ann Rule called. She didn't say like I think he did it, but they just said a guy said his name was Ted. He had this bug. And she knew Ted. She knew he had a bug. So she called to be like, hey, I know this guy. Blah, blah, blah. Because the thing about Ann Some Rule, friend. Well, I would be like, that could never be Dustin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like. I'm a true friend. <laughs> and sitting in the corner. <laughs> but also, though, they had the description of the person. So it's like, you have a description, someone saying their name, Ted. There's a lot of six-foot-four guys out there. Named Dustin that drive a white Dodge Charger that live in Henrietta, Oklahoma. <laughs> Has a tattoo that says Crabtree. <laughs> Dustin does not have a tattoo that says Crabtree, by the way. No, but that's just an inside joke. <laughs> with <Yeah>. myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's an inside joke with myself. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, if you have a tattoo that says your last name, um, probably shouldn't be a criminal. <laughs> like Elijah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't really like that. 
Yeah. If I had a last name I liked, I would think about it. But I actually like my last name. I grew up hating my last name because of all the fun jokes that came <laughs> out of it. But like <laughs> now I'm just like, it's a fucking respectable name. I love this name. I am Dustin Crabtree of the New York Crabtrees. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just fucking Hall. You shall give me the respect I deserve. <laughs> Michael Hall. So boring. I don't know. I like it. You want it's it? fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will not marry you. Yeah, it's just like Michael's like, will you marry me and take my name? That's not what I meant. <laughs> no, like... Uh, I have full <laughs> intentions of taking whoever I marry's last name. <laughs> no. I, <laughs> I would never let you live that down. I'm sorry. <laughs> you bitch. <laughs> no, like, there was a point in time where, like, I was like, I, pro- I should probably take Kelsey's last name. Cause, like, I, I didn't you told li- me that. I didn't, I didn't like my last name. Dustin Williams. But, like, after I... Got married and I didn't know, like, take her last name. I thought about like my kids and you know started thinking about like all these things down the future. I was like, you know what? I like my last name. I'm going to make something out of my last name. And it was like a motivational moment, and I cried. I'm just, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> I didn't. You pull, I just, just want to go. You pull out. You pull out your driver's license. Says Dustin Williams. <laughs> just like got something you need to tell us. No, I just want to go down to whatever place it is and just be like, how do I change my entire name? First, middle, and last. My name you is got a uh, cell phone. My name is a uh, Dustin Biscuit. <laughs> my name is Dustin New York. But see, it wouldn't work because you, you guys would, like, everybody would I still am, call me Michael. I am Dustin Lobsterbush. <laughs> oh, I tried to get away from the name. <laughs> I think this is worse. This is the exact same, but just a smidge worse. Like, to change your name, you don't get to choose it. It just, like, you press a button and it's a random selection random and whatever ones. it lands on is what you get. Trash <laughs> boat. <laughs> My name is Lonnie Dirt Road Evergreen. <laughs> Yeah, they, there was a rustic theme that day at the DMV. Dustin Red Seal. <laughs> just it's just like says the first thing you see, just like see a bunch of dust, see like an entrance sign. My name's Dust in <laughs> it's just like crab. <laughs> just like some crab for sale and you just see like a small tree. Crab tree. Ah oh, damn it. <laughs> just like, yeah. like it just randomizes and it comes out with crab dash tree. <laughs> same exact thing. <laughs> Shit! <laughs> At least I got a hyphen now. <laughs> but you know what's what's weird is Bundy was working for the Olympia Washington State Department of Emergency Services. So he got to be like, no, I think this guy's using a hammer. But yeah, he he got to create like a rape prevention pamphlet for the public, <laughs> which is just like that blows my fucking mind. Yeah, and <laughs> this is how you don't do it. <laughs> Here's some. Complimentary whistles. Yeah. And Be sure and blow them while I'm, you know, killing you. If you can blow me and the whistle at the same time, you get another one for free. I'll let you live. But oh, the God. first one was free. Well. He <laughs> <laughs> wasn't really thinking. That was that was a terrible speech, Bundy. <laughs> um, but while he's working there, he meets Carol Ann Boone. Uh, she comes in later on in his life a lot towards the end. Uh then on September 6, 1974, there's two Groose Hunters, which is apparently a real bird. I don't really know anything about Grooses, other than you can hunt them on Far Cry 5. Really? Yeah, because I found sections where it's like Groose hunting area. I'm just like, okay, that's cool. Sweet. Um, 
I think it's just like a goose that changed its name. <laughs> I was trying to be funny. Um, it's an aggressive goose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and of these guys, they found the skeletal hey. remains. Okay, guess what? The day they found the skeletal remains, September 6th, it's the day I got my license. <laughs> In 1974? No. <laughs> <laughs> How old are you, Michael? <laughs> There's well, s- considering I'm Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You're, you're besting me today, Michael. <laughs> There's someone who uh, got busted on my birthday, but I don't remember what killer really? it is. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, it was um, the guy that Wolf Creek's based off of, I think. Oh. Uh, Ian or Ian or? Yeah, no, I found Malot. Malot. Ivan, Ivan Malot. I think that's Ivan. him. Yeah. I think that's the guy that got busted on my birthday. Yep. It's crazy it. how connected we are to these all these serial killers. <laughs> you can find similarities in anybody if you look hard yeah. enough. And we do some research, so. And they um, they find the remains of Ott in Naslin near a service road in Issaquah, which was like two miles east of the park they went missing from, so they didn't take them very far. Um, there were some extra remains there that Bundy later says was George Ann Hawkins. Gorgon. <laughs> and then six months later, some forestry students from Green River Community College discover the skull and mandibles of Healy, Rancourt, Parks, and Ball on Taylor Mountain, where Bundy frequently hiked, and Manson's remains were never found. Mm. So we're not sure because he was in prison. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Actually, down right, south. About this time, kind of, 74, kind of. wouldn't he be you know, forming the family? <laughs> he would be in jail. Yeah, he was already <laughs> in jail. I couldn't remember. <laughs> the trial was going. <laughs> yeah, um, well... Then August of nineteen seventy four, shaving her head off at this point. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Fat Patty, she's, she's, she's done for. Um, he gets a second acceptance to the law school for University of Utah in August of seventy four, and he moves back to Salt Lake City, leaves Klopfer in Seattle. He still has a relationship with her, but he like calls her often. But he also says he's dating a lot of women who he went to college with. Sounds like casual dating, like hey, we'll go get dinner, and like that's about it. Apparently, according to him, um, there was nothing more to it. But you know, when he got there, he's for whatever reason he says he couldn't understand the subject matter. He had a lot of trouble like learning and comprehending the stuff in class, and he says it like really disappointed him. He needed more uh, hands-on. <laughs> but at the same time, I don't know if he feels disappointment other than just like he didn't get to kill somebody that day. It's like, oh darn, I can't be even more crooked. Yeah, he was. He was more. Uh I don't know the word for it, you know, most of the other serial killers would stalk for a few months and then kill. He was just like two or three times a month. <laughs> yeah, because... He's, he's a bad motherfucker, man. You don't play around. Because he started like there in the Northwest. Those were about a month apart. He didn't waste no fucking time. <laughs> and then he starts ramping up more here because um, while he's in Salt Lake City, he starts committing homicides about a month after he gets there in Utah. Didn't waste no time. Which apparently, I didn't realize this, Idaho was really close to Utah. Yeah. And so, he says on September 2nd, 1974, he picked up a hitchhiker, raped and strangled her in Idaho. Says he disposed of her body in a nearby river immediately after, but then he also told somebody that he came back the next day to take pictures. A six-hour drive, wasn't it? Not for this. Darn it. It's six hours I in Colorado. I was looking at my notes. I, was, I just remembered. <laughs> yeah, like that is a thing he does, but that's in Colorado. That's ridiculous. Nancy Wilcox, October 2nd, um, abducted her from Holiday, a suburb of Salt Lake City, 
says that he dragged her into the woods intending to de-escalate his urges. Mm. He claims that he only intended to rape her and then let her go, but accidentally killed her while trying to silence her screams. <coughs> Bullshit. <coughs> yeah. um, he says that her remains were buried in the Capito Reef. Cap- Capito? Capito. Could be a typo. <laughs> Could be Capital Reef. <laughs> Coral Reef. <laughs> yeah, it was, definitely wasn't Coral Reef. We weren't in Australia. The Capito Reef National Park, which is 200 miles away, but he remain, but the remains were never found. Yeah, so and we're not sure on me that. And, me and Drew were talking about this earlier. I was just like, you, you know, he says he accidentally killed her. Maybe accidentally killed her too early. <laughs> yeah. He, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Stacy. But uh, Melissa Ann Smith, October 18th. It's also Dustin's wife's birthday. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I didn't know that. <laughs> it's a typo. Yeah. Uh, October 31st is on the next one. Holy shit, that's Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> and then she was found on Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> uh, Melissa was leaving a pizza parlor when Bundy took, took her. Her nude body was found in a nearby area nine days later. Mm. Her father was the police chief of Midvale, which is another Salt Lake City suburb. Her autopsy revealed that she may have been alive for up to seven days before her kidnapping. Mm. Yeah, after she was kidnapped, she was alive for possibly seven days. Good God. Yeah. Which, like, the point of, like, anxiety that would, like, that, like, would cause you to, like, pull hair out and shit. Yeah. Like, the signs of distress. That'd be so fucking ridiculous. Yeah. And then, like Dustin said, October 31st, Laura and Amy, she was leaving a cafe around midnight uh, when she went missing. How do you get the E, like, on cafe, <laughs> how do you get that little hyphen? Is it shift? You hold the button down. Well, there is. You can do some stuff. Like, there's a code you can put in, like shift, blah blah blah. But I just typed in cafe and it auto corrected for me <laughs> on this one. Uh-huh. But there are codes. Like, anyways, we don't. I'll, t- I'll tell on you what. On your phone, you just hold the letter down and it'll pop well, up. But this, yeah, I but this wasn't on, on my phone. phone. This is on a laptop. Yeah. Um. She uh. When she like her body was found Thanksgiving Day by hikers like nine miles away um, in the American Fork Canyon, and like both her and Melissa Ann Smith, they've been beaten, raped, and like eventually strangled with nylon cord. Sodomized. Yeah. Uh, Bundy would go on to say that he would like come back to visit their bodies, and he would do stuff like he would shampoo their hair, apply makeup, the other weird stuff. Such a fucking weirdo. Like trying we, to keep them beautiful until they start decomposing. Well, that's which is like, <laughs> yeah. Like, that's what, we hadn't really talked much about it. He was a necrophile. Necrophiliac. Yeah, so he would come look, back to some of the bodies. Look at you trying to skip over the sodomization. Yeah, yeah. well, I already said rape. So I was sodomization. Just like, you know. Anyways. Uh, see, on the afternoon of November 8th, this is this was an interesting, this is part of his downfall. Uh, he approaches Carol Durant at a mall in Murray, Utah. He says, my name is Officer Roseland. And someone has tried to break into your car. I need you to come with me to the station to fill out a report. She goes with him. Um, and she points out to him, hey, you're not going towards the station. He immediately pulls over to the shoulder and tries to handcuff her. But they're struggling, and he puts both cuffs like on the same wrist. Which, at that point, don't you automatically just hold your fucking wrist up at him and go, ha-ha! <laughs> just fucking punch him in the throat and leave? Well, well she didn't go, ha-ha, that I could find. <laughs> possibly happen. You didn't look hard enough. <laughs> yeah. Um but he she opens the door and like escapes, runs off. And so like later that evening, 
Uh, Deborah Jean Kent, she disappears, leaving a theater production at Viewmont High School in Bountiful, Utah. I'm not sure how far apart these places it are. It is Bountiful. Yeah. Uh, she went to pick up her brother, um, didn't get to leave. The school's drama teacher and the campus police officer say they saw a stranger. He'd asked them to come to the parking lot that night to identify a car, which kind of goes with what happened with Carol. Um, and then another student saw the same man pacing like in the rear of the auditorium. And then that same drama teacher saw him again towards the end of the play. Then outside of this auditorium, they find the key that unlocks Durant's wrist from the handcuffs. So I don't know if he dropped them or if he really just tried to get rid of them. Like just yeah. chunked them. Like, so on they purpose. have the keys. Yeah. Apparently. Um, and uh, like she gets to go to the actual police and she'll come back here in a little bit later. Uh, but then Klopfer, she once again calls King County Police Department, which is back in Seattle, to report Ted because she starts reading the women are going missing in Utah. Ironically, that's where her buddy's at. Yeah. And then the next month, she'll call Salt Lake City County to report them, him to the sheriffs. And so that's when the suspicion starts rising up a bit more around him. Um, because back then, when they first started getting reports, they were, like looked at him and they were just like, he... He's an outstanding man. Yeah, basically... Um, He's too pretty to murder. Yeah. But I don't know oh, if... Oh, speaking of that, i got to tell you something later. <laughs> Can't you. say it on air, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> Dustin says he was too pretty to murder, and then it even makes you think of something. Speaking of. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of being too pretty to murder. Um, Has nothing to do with murder. <laughs> being pretty? Supposedly, but I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> well, well, we'll quit priding you for answers before you insult. Fuck you talking about me? <laughs> before you insult somebody. I'm pretty. Exactly. I thought ahead, Drew. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Fuck yeah, Michael. <laughs> yeah. Michael's killing the stat game today. <laughs> He's getting all kinds of points. He's on fire. Um, I'm on fire. <laughs> it is getting pretty warm in here. It is. It is. We're getting close. Um, but, like, I don't know if he started to feel the heat on him. Or what? I am. <laughs> well, yes, Michael is, because um, he's on fire. In, but like in 1975, in January, he comes back to Seattle for a week to stay with Klopfer. She didn't for tell him some she... damn reason. She's still <laughs> hanging out with the man. Yeah, that's what. Well, y'all need to like, arrest this man. He's the freaking murderer. Hey, the, you want to come over? <laughs> the cops are like, just keep it cool. If he tries <laughs> to come over here and fuck you, let him. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let him get around your throat, though. Yeah, don't turn your back on him. <laughs> but officers, I like to be choked. But he only likes to do it from behind. How am I not supposed to turn my back on him? Tread carefully, ma'am. That's a predicament, <laughs> ain't it? Um, yeah, you're Sorry fine. about you. But she, like, she, of course, doesn't tell him she's been reporting him multiple times. And hey, uh, you know all them tips they've been getting about you? <laughs> that was me. <laughs> and for some reason, she makes plans to visit him in Utah in August of 75. So I don't know what she was thinking there, but maybe she was hoping like by then he'll be caught. I don't. I Does don't she know. have any kids? No. <laughs> I would fucking hope not. At the time, <laughs> not anyways. This woman sounds too fucking stupid to be able to reproduce. Uh, well, I'm pretty sure she's still alive. Well, fuck um, you. <laughs> Are you listening? <laughs> probably not. She probably avoids Ted stuff. Um, <laughs> I don't know. She was all about him. <laughs> but the, but then in '75, he's when he comes back. He starts going to Colorado com- to commit his murders, but he still lives in Utah. And some of these towns he's going to in Colorado are like six hours away. But I'll, I honestly wonder if he was going to Colorado to like snow ski and stuff. I don't Might know if he was still doing it at the time. But I've had a lot of passions in life. Um, 
my short life that I've lived so far. Uh, I don't really know of any passion that I've had where I drive six hours for it. Um, Branson, you do it all the fucking time. That's for my wife. But no, I mean like a hobby. Oh. I mean, yeah. as far as like skiing, like my like playing basketball. I'm not driving six hours just to go yeah. play basketball. But also, there's a basketball court on every fucking corner. There's not a snow ski in place, so I don't really know. I don't know. Yeah. Take it up strikes me as a little <laughs> odd. I, I think I'd take up skateboarding before I drove six hours to ski. But that, now, maybe that's because I've never skied. <laughs> I still got my longboard. No, I think I'll pass. We could try it. Anyways. It's fun. Yeah. It's a lot easier than skateboarding. Yeah. I haven't been on it since high school. Sometimes I'll ride around in my parking lot at work in it. Like, of course you do. But I, but I like kind of stopped because I was like, if I did just like eat shit on this thing, I still be, have to go back to work. Yeah, it'd be really hard to explain to them what I was doing. Why are your clothes all bloody, Drew? So like, on your lunch hour, mm-hmm. like with people around. Well, no, like okay, so there's like a little park. I go to the back. <laughs> there's like a park in between like my office and there's a um. Like a doctor's office up the road, like right up the road. It used to be a bank, so it's like a big open like drive through of an old bank. And then there's like an actual park where you can like walk through. So I would kind of go up there. Like I would ride from my parking lot on the longboard to there and back. Oh, okay. So. Gotcha. But I was like, I know if I'm coming down this like sloped road and just eat shit and I'm just all bloody and have torn clothes. Like when I left for lunch, I didn't look like that. <laughs> when I come back, I have to explain why I look like that. Yeah. I got attacked by a beaver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was a very vicious squirrel. I was mugged. <laughs> um, let's see you want to, who wants to start here with Karen? Eileen Campbell. Car, Yin. <laughs> I think it's Karen, but okay. You, yeah. you do you boo boo. It's Dustin's turn. Karen Eileen Campbell, January. I kind of wanted to hear you say Karin the whole time. Karin <laughs> Eileen Campbell, uh, January 12, 1975. Disappeared while walking down a well lit hallway. Yep. Between the elevator in her room at the end of the Wildwood Inn uh, and Snowmass. Yeah. Snow In the Snowmass Village. Her nude body was found a month later next to a dirt road outside the resort. She'd been killed by blows to the head with a blunt force object. And had wounds from a sharp object. What? She was killed with like the. I mean, I said blunt force object. It was a blunt object. Okay. But she was like. But she had wounds. Like he'd been. Like he cut her up, but she died from the. So I think the cutting was after she died. Sweet. Um, (laughs) Her murder would be the first murder that Ted would be indicted for. Cool. (laughs) I'm on fire. I'm going again. Uh, <laughs> Julie Cunningham vanished while walking from her apartment to a dinner date with a friend. That's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Bundy told investigators that he approached her on crutches and asked her to help him carry his ski boots mm-hmm. to his car. He's on fucking crutches. He's she's an idiot. Um, <laughs> bludgeoned her while the, when they got there. He then took her to probably with rifle. the crutch. That's Co. the blunt force object. <laughs> yeah, Rifle Colorado. Co, 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 co. Yep. Where he strangled her. He said that weeks later he made the six-hour drive from his home in Salt Lake City um, back to see her remains, which, like, <laughs> how do you explain that? Yeah. What are you doing? Nothing. Going to see <laughs> this dead body I killed last week. Just driving hey. six hours. Here's another May 6th day. Look at there. Yeah. You're on fire, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> Den- Denise Lynn Oliverson, 
Don't call her Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> she was abducted on April 6th in Grand Junction while riding her bike to her parents' home. Her bike and sandals were found under a viaduct near a railroad bridge. Yeah. And then on May 6th, there was Lynette Don Culver. And she was only 12 years old when Bundy like lured her from her junior high in Pocatello, Idaho. You fucking pedophile. Which is around 160 miles north of Salt Lake City. Uh, he drowned her in his hotel room Damn. and just did some crazy shit. What the hell? Susan Curtis, June 28th. No, oh, that's two days before, or two days after my dad's birthday. Anyway, um, vanished from the cap, uh, the va- vanished from the <laughs> campus of BYU in Provo, Utah. Yeah, I don't really have a lot of information on Gotcha. That. I can see that. That's why it's a sentence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um... Which, in either August or September of 75, Bundy joined the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So he converted to Mormonism. Mm. I feel like that didn't last long. Well, he did not follow any of the tenets of the church, would not go to church, and would eventually be excommunicated when he's convicted of kidnapping. Now, did they allow black people in their church at this time? I don't know. I just I heard that <laughs> on another podcast, so I just thought I'm, I'm not sure, to be honest. I don't, like they, I don't think they let black people into this. You can't drink time. caffeine. I, I think this yeah, is Yeah, because, like, also, like, your, um, like, what is it, like, your levels, like, if, if you go to the dentist, mm-hmm. they can only give you, like, a certain amount of anesthetic. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, through your Mormonism or whatever, because they don't believe in yeah all that bullshit, which is kind of fucked. Yeah. All right, we got, like, a page and a half left. Let's is this the end of the line, Drew? For the first time. Um, and forever. Which, when he, like, goes to jail later on, when they ask him, like, what religion do you follow, he tells a Methodist, which I guess is what he was raised as. So, I don't even know why he attempted to join the church, of like, the Mormon church. He was trying to change things up. <laughs> yeah. But, um, back in Washington, the King County officials use this, like, huge old computer, and they aggregate a bunch of data of all the murder cases, and it generates possible suspects, and it generated 26, and of those 26, Bundy was one of them. They also manually compiled a list of who they thought would make the 100 best suspects, and he was on that list as well. Um, but they still don't have any concrete evidence against him until August 16, 1975. What happens then, Dustin? I was looking at the computer. <laughs> what? <laughs> so on, <laughs> on August 16th, 1975, uh, Bundy... He gets arrested by a highway patrolman in uh, Granger, which is another Salt Lake City suburb. And the officer had seen him, like, cruising a residential area in the pre-dawn hours in his VW bug. Um, And when he noticed the officer watching him, he, like, flees at a high speed. And so he stops him. That's when he notices the front seat is, like, taken out and placed on the rear seat. He finds a murder kit. So it has, like, gloves, handcuffs, ski mask, pantyhose, crowbar, ice pick, rope. (laughs) Isn't this one where, like, the cop shoots at him and, like, then starts to chase him down? And when he catches him, he's like, I wish you'd just shoot me. You know what? Yeah, that does happen. And I I, I don't remember if it was this time or another time. I'm pretty time. sure it's this time. It probably was. I wish you'd just kill me. Yeah. Um, but he, like, he tells him um, that, you know, I found those handcuffs in a dumpster. <laughs> he's, he tells him a bunch of stuff like that, but he can't explain away everything. Here's a photo of your mom too. And they like they he knows who he is. Like he knows Ted is a suspect, 
and so he kind of takes him in, um, or he, he like remembers that the suspect matches Bundy's description, and but they can't keep him because they don't really charge him with anything, so they let him go, but they put him under 24-hour surveillance. And uh, that's when the detectives get really serious, though, about what uh, Klopfer has to say, so they fly in and start talking to her, and she's telling them, like, he never had really any money, so he would always steal stuff. So whenever he had new things, she would like ask him about it, and he'd get mad. And he'd be like, if you don't stop asking about it, I'm going to fucking kill you, was like one of the quotes he had against her. God. And he like had some kind of wrench that he had like put a grip on that looked like it would have been only thing you would use that for is to kill somebody, basically. Yeah. Um, just a bunch of weird stuff like that. But it sounded like she was just like, I don't know why he had that, and found women's clothes that weren't hers in his like home and hers. Just a bunch of red flags. Yeah. Get out. Yeah. Um, but in September, Bundy sells his beetle to a Midvale teacher, teenager, and the Utah police have to go impound it, and that probably really bummed that kid out. <laughs> like, God damn it. Like, they just saved up their money to buy this car, and the police are taking it from you. <laughs> and you find out a bunch of murders were... <laughs> Probably harsh to that kid's mellow, bro. Yeah, I'm sure it did. Nice outline. <laughs> uh, in the car, they found Harris matching multiple victims, including Karen Campbell. And they were like, they broke it down and they were just like, there is no way it's a coincidence that like all these dead women's hair is in your car. <laughs> and I don't think that teenager did it. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, sure. So on October 2nd, the detectives put Bundy in a lineup and he's picked out by Carol Durant, which was the woman who he said was Officer Roseland to. And that's who she goes, that's the guy that kidnapped me. So this is the one that he double handcuffed? Yep. Gotcha. And cause, so she got away, so they put him in a lineup, and she identifies him, like, immediately. And so they charge him with kidnap and assault. But they didn't have enough to, like, charge him with any murders. Now, didn't he get, like, 1 to 15 years? Yeah. That was his, that was what the sentence was on this. Um... But, like, while that trial is going on, I guess he's free to an extent. So he's, like, going back and forth from Utah to Seattle to stay with Klopfer, which I don't know. How, well, I guess with the kidnap and assault, she wouldn't be a witness, so I guess it wouldn't be. I don't know why she would want to. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, I don't know why unless she's just scared of him. And like, I mean, you know, like, that makes the most sense. Yeah. Because I, I, you don't want to tell him. <laughs> if you think he's killed over 30 women, you don't want to be like, Hey, I've been telling the police a lot. Well, it's like, I don't, I, I'm sorry. Um, I just don't think she's that stupid. Yeah. I mean, I, there's a lot of dumb people out there, but nobody's that fucking dumb to just be like, eh, maybe he just kidnapped him. Yeah. He's not going to hurt me, though. He's already got me here. Yeah. I don't know. I think if she felt that way, she wouldn't have been telling the police stuff. So, like, I honestly feel like maybe the police, I mean, we had our joke there that you talked about. The police probably were like, see if you can get any information. Like, they probably drove by her house every so often to, like, check on her to an extent, you know? Yeah. They had those old-time surveillance cameras in there. Like, <laughs> yeah. Hidden in a fucking teddy bear or something. Yeah. Which, I mean, like, we'll see uh, in November of 75, the head investigators from all the different states of these murders happened. They meet up in Aspen, Colorado to, like, compare their data. They all left convinced that Bundy was the guy, but they didn't. They just knew they didn't have enough evidence to actually charge him. Um, so they're basically like, we got to try and get some more on him. And February 23rd, 76, Bundy stands trial for that kidnapping charge. He's found guilty. 
like you said, minimum of one year to a maximum of 15 years in the Utah State pen. Yeah. Um, I did love this. In October 75, he was found in bushes in the prison yard with supplies he was going to use to escape. He, <laughs> What are you doing in there, boy? <laughs> he had a fake social security card, like a road map, like money to go get on a plane. <laughs> Damn. Like he was... But I, he just apparently didn't have a rope to get over that fence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just waiting for them to sneak me a rope in on a big cake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just love lassos, officer. Like, it's just, it's, it's cake. Um, plenty of them. But later that month, Colorado, they decide we have enough to charge you with Karen Campbell's murder. And they transfer him to Aspen in January of 77. All righty. Well, I tell you this right now. I should have been in bed asleep a long time ago. Yeah, both of y'all. But oh. we got it all in one part, so we'll have a conclusion with part two. Yep. I think we concluded. Oh, no. There's a whole lot more, Michael. Oh, yeah. I know. <laughs> I know. We haven't even got to the Kai Omega yet. <laughs> yeah. Mega what? Mega who? <laughs> yep, so... We're gonna keep. We're gonna cut this like off right now, short and yeah. sweet. We'll see you guys next week. Um, we love you. Yeah. Uh, don't be a Bundy. Please don't. <laughs> and uh, where's don't pretend stop? to have a sailboat. Yeah. If you're gonna kill somebody, be smarter about it. <laughs> just don't kill. I didn't say that. Michael did. Yeah. How's about let's just not murder anyone. Leave people alone. I like that one. Leave people alone. Let them live their life. Yeah. Kill a rabbit. Let the. <laughs> <laughs> Let them do them, boo-boo. Yep. All right, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Let me get a soul clap. Let me get a soul clap. What's in my pants? <laughs>